Welcome to Software Talks. Today we are addressing an area that's really important but often overlooked, pricing. Stay tuned if you want to learn more about the effects of pricing optimization and how to create a pricing strategy and a pricing roadmap. We have great guests in the studio today. With me is Brian Bellard, Managing Director at Blue Ridge Partners, helping companies accelerate a profitable revenue growth. Welcome. Thank you. And Leif Bolin, partner at Montero and currently CEO at Minkmaster. Uh, you have a long experience for managing and developing software companies. Great to have both of you here. And you two know each other. Tell us about uh, your background, your joint background. We have a passion for pricing. Besides that, Brian? <laughs> that is true. Leif is maybe the easiest person ever to work with because he's pulling me forward rather than me pushing it at all. And he's lived it as an executive. You know, good pricing and financial performance is just that much easier to achieve. And if you can't align your team around pricing, then, then you leave some money on the table. But the better thing that Leif says is doing pricing reveals what you don't know about your business model. And so if you're good at pricing, it's a bellwether, as we say, which means it probably indicates you're doing a lot of other things well also. You can hear already that this is <laughs> going to get really good and we're going to hear a lot of good advice today. Um, Brian, you talk to maybe five companies a week that need your advice. Um, what's their main challenge around pricing? I think in the last 20 years, we've never seen inflation like we've seen it now. Every board, every CEO, every CFO is asking themselves the question, what do we do given inflation? And what is inflation? It's rising prices, but does that apply to software? If yes, exactly what do I do to address it? And I, I have a feeling we'll get into that in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Leif? Um, when it comes to pricing, um, what what would you say that a company like Mainmaster, what is your, your main challenge? Well, it, it depends where, where you are uh, as a company and uh, how well developed you are in this area. Some companies have has done something and uh, some companies have done a lot in this area. When it comes to our my specific case right now, we have quite a lot to do. And uh, that's, that's because we are in that phase on, in our journey building the company. So inflation or not, I personally think that pricing should always be on the agenda. Uh, now I think the inflation will bring it to the table for some companies, but in my view, you should always have pricing on the agenda. What effect can price optimization have on a company's revenue and, and profitability? Um, who wants to start, Ryan? Well, I'll start. Um, I think it's fair to say that company valuation ties to revenue growth and increasingly profit, but at a minimum revenue growth. Our experience in the last 18 months is that small and medium-sized SaaS companies can actually increase revenue 15 to 25 percent through a price improvement program. I mean, just pause for a second. That's amazing. That's 15 amazing. to 25 percent. And I am not talking about raising prices 15 to 25%. There's a lot of different techniques, but the ultimate result, it's sort of game-changing for a lot of companies. 
So, I mean, the ROI of a pricing strategy initiative or project pays back um, straight away. That's what you're saying. Oh, within the first year. And generally, we're returning between 10 times and 30 times the, the, the cost. You know, in my work, and you know this, Leif, I, I work on go-to-market models and sales strategy and sales commission and international expansion. And all of those approaches take time and money. Pricing, while not super easy to achieve, it's the biggest and the fastest impact on the, on the financial statement. Would you agree on those numbers, Leif? Absolutely. And I can, I can confirm that. Um, I mean, Brian is a consultant, so we, we always have, have to divide that a little bit, what he says. But I can actually confirm that from real cases in my previous role. We did a pricing project, uh, and we actually had even higher numbers mm. than Brian is mentioning it. Well, I told you I just had coffee with my former client in Sweden, <laughs> and that rate was, I can't say specifics, but higher than the numbers I quote. So yeah. I, I don't just inflate. That's a legitimate average. Mm. But, and how many companies would you say realize this potential? Um, if a SaaS company addresses pricing now, it's inconceivable it wouldn't be successful. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really inflation. Like, you, do you, even if you make all the wrong decisions, it's going to be better financially than it was in the past. But if you make a few right decisions, instead of getting 3 or 4%, you could be at 10 or 12 or 15. So would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, I mean, now we talk a lot about the numbers, which is, of course, the ultimate effect that you're, you're after. But having done pricing projects and in reality and done this, I think, and we will probably get back to that later on, but uh, there are also a lot of other positive effects coming out when you start working with pricing because pricing is not an isolated activity you do because you need to understand your customers, you need to understand your market, you need to do your market segmentation, you need to think about your bundling, how you actually package your products, and so on. And so, So that's why I'm so passionate about pricing because I think it's really tightly together with your, your strategy and, and the, your, how you actually develop your company. Address some of those effects now and then we can revisit them later. Yeah. No, but I mean, we're, in order to do pricing right, first of all, it's not a one-man show. Uh, it's, a, it's a collaboration between the different functions. You need to have product in, uh, management involved. You need to have sales involved. You need to have marketing. You even need to have development involved because that's where, how you actually develop and package your product that's going to affect your pricing. So you need to think backwards all the way. And, and just starting that process is super interesting. And that's when you start to get your functions together. And you also need to dig into your numbers and your data and have that. And I think you can elaborate even more on that. Yeah, you know, a lot of people think you, you look at your product and develop a price. So I would call that from the inside out. Yeah. And don't do that. No. You want to go from the outside in and you want to see what the value is of your product, the impact of your, your product on your customers. And the way they think about value is the insight on how much they're going to pay 
But as Leif was just saying, it's also the roadmap for the sales team. Yeah. What are you going to sell? What are the advantages that those people really care about? Hey, is the financial services customers, are they different than healthcare? and they different from somebody else? And as soon as you understand those nuances, not only do you sell better, but you're going to get the right price for each of those. Exactly. Who is the owner of pricing in a company? Well, I'll give you my answer. So the easy answer for me is ideally somebody in a strategy role or a, or a marketing role because they have that bigger vision. And as Leif said, pricing connects to so many things. Where I always get nervous is when the CEO tells me the chief product officer owns pricing. Why? Uh, well, the question is, does the product team love features too much? Do they love the product too much? Like a lot of times, in order to get the development team to build a feature the product officer has to commit an ROI. And next thing you know, you've got a, a monster of a price list where every feature is priced. And when you go interview the customers, not the low-level users, but the people with budget that make decisions, they don't care about the features. They want the value of the product. So, well, I'll let you answer the other part because I think you have a good answer here. <laughs> well, I agree and I disagree, yeah. Brian. Uh, I think, first of all, it has to start with the CEO. Uh, you need to have the sponsoring from the CEO and the CFO. That uh, these pricing projects or pricing strategies or pricing initiatives is not skunk projects somewhere down in the organization. You, you, need to, you need to have a CEO that is backing this and understanding this. Having said that, I tend to disagree with you, Brian, and that's based on my experience uh, in the projects I've done. We have had product management coordinating this with high involvement from the other participants or the other functions. And my view of product management is that a product manager owns the project and the, uh, the product and the business case. He is the CEO of the product. And that's, so I think a product manager managed in the right way, all the way down from the CEO, can very well be the one leading and coordinating a pricing initiative. Yeah, but you would agree that whether you call it a steering committee or, or something, Absolutely. you're going to need the head of sales and marketing Absolutely. and finance that, that buy into what's happening. It's not the one-man show. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not the one-man show. If we talk about timing, when is it time? When is it a good time to set a pricing strategy? Now. Now? Mm hmm you, Can you elaborate? You, I mean, this is, I think, first of all, it's not a one-off thing. It's not the silver bullet that you fire one, one, one time. Pricing is very equal to your strategy. You have to work with this continuously because the market is evolving, the market is changing, competitors are changing, your products are changing. This is an ongoing uh, process that you do, depending on which industry you are or the products two times per year, every quarter, one time per year. I don't know what, what your experience is, Brian. But yeah, well, I'll, I'll add two things there. Given 20-year high inflation, if you say no to pricing now, like what are you waiting for? Yeah. Is, is there something that you know that we don't know? Um, and the other thing, actually what I think is really interesting what Leif said is think of the economic disruption of the last two years. You know, it's inflation, it's COVID, it's invasion, it's uncertainty. You're not on an island. All your competitors did something in the market. They raised, they lowered, they did something wrong, they did something right. Bottom line, the way the buyer sees the world is just fundamentally different than six to 12 months ago. Yeah. 
and you're either ahead of the curve and you really know how your buyers think or you're not. And pricing is a very good way to sort of become current with their thinking. Yeah, and I think to elaborate on that, I think the way to look at pricing is to have a pricing roadmap because it's very similar to your product roadmap. You need to think about what do I do within the coming six months, what do I do within the coming 12 months, and so on. Because you don't do price changes in one shot. You might do it for your existing customers by the end of this year, then you do it for a certain segment for new customers or you change or you change the pricing in next quarter and so on. And that's also when you can start to include this into your financial planning because you know that we are planning for a pricing change next year, which will have an impact on budget. We're going to talk more about how to create and roll out a pricing roadmap. What I really like about that notion is that if you typically everybody's so familiar with the product everybody in the company knows every feature but it you also need pricing to be something that you're quote-unquote fluent in like you need to know exactly how we're reasoning and what our strategy is and that's not always the case um what about let me interrupt you that triggers mm -hmm. that triggers a thought um a lot of what we do in pricing is we'll go interview buyers, not just your customers that already know you, but non-customers that have an independent thought. And one question I'll ask is, um, let's say one vendor's price is 50% higher than the other two. What would make you want to buy from that customer? They always start with a laugh. Well, there's no way I would do that. And then they say, unless, and you got them. And then they give you some gem, like, unless you could lower my risk, unless the, you could bring in my accounts receivable. Exactly. And a real executive buyer, like I said, they don't talk about the features. They talk about their own world, their own objectives. And if you can learn that nugget, yeah. you can really change how you do things. That's an excellent point. I'm just thinking, though, some of our listeners might be in a startup phase. Wouldn't you say that in the startup phase – you're kind of willing to sell as much as you can just to get some kind of customer base? Yes. So, um, you know, in my experience, if you're really small, the founding team has developed a product that they think is immensely valuable, and sometimes they can have (laughs) unrealistically high price expectations. So, in the earliest of early days, yeah. you just need to get wins that become referenceable and you need to learn from it. Yeah. Um, if you're giving your product away for free after that, then you've not acquired the skill set of understanding value in the marketplace and what investor is going to be attracted to you. So I wouldn't say it's about the maximum price. You just need a reasonable price and you really need to be articulate about value. Yeah. No, and I think that that taps into what I said before. It's an ongoing process. So maybe in the beginning, you review your your pricing strategy more often than you do when you become more mature as a company or more stabilized as a company because you, you, you are testing. But still, you want to do that in a controlled way and you need to think about what is what what have we done, what is the takeaways from that, and how can we learn from that, and how do we continue to develop our strategy, which is because it's about strategy. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about, spend some time talking about how to develop a, a pricing strategy. Um, how? 
what are the steps and where do you start and how do you make it an ongoing press, uh, a process? Who wants to start here? Brian? You know, if you're going to update pricing or do a price initiative, I'd, I'd sort of say there's three stages of it. Uh, the first stage is acquiring market information. So interview some buyers, some customers, some non-customers. You know, if you can get some consulting help, interview some competitors. I mean, what you can really learn out there. Ideally, you do a survey of buyers, and that gives you some data you can analyze on how much they're willing to pay. So now you have the information to make smart decisions, and now you go develop the pricing. So based on everything you learned about value and priorities, next step is create bundles. When I say this next one to CEOs, they love it. Just make it simple to buy and simple to sell. Like, why is complex good? It's not. And so as long as you're, def you're defining your bundle or solution around the high value, you have made it easy. And then based on some of that survey analysis, you can determine the pricing. And if, if you really want to do it the right way, you can analyze the survey and create discount levels for the sales team because some customers are willing to pay more than others. Um, and so now you've got your pricing. I'm trying to shorten this up a little bit. And then you have to plan for the launch. So sales training is really key. And I don't mean negotiation training. I mean here's how buyers think and here's the value and here's where competitors are. And if you hit these high points of, of how your product helps them, they're going to be willing to pay more. Can you just elaborate a little bit more on how to create a bundling structure? Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to look at the, the different components. So you're going to have product components like features and maybe uh, modules in the software. A lot of companies undervalue the services component, and so you want to bundle those together. You really don't want customers paying for a lot of line items because that just makes it harder for them to buy. And, and then I think a pretty common approach is what they would call good, better, and best bundles. So a good bundle would have a kind of the smallest amount of functionality to get a customer live on your product. It's a little bit less expensive. And then as they mature as a customer and get more sophisticated, they would then upsell to the other two modules. And the third one might be for enterprises with integration and high-end services. So three different uh, modules, pricing modules. Yeah, I mean, a, a pretty common approach would be that good, better, and best three steps of bundles. But it could be four and it can be others. Mm -hmm. Just a quick comment to the audience. Uh, I mean, what, what Brian explained is the right way to do it. Don't get scared away uh, that this is a large, huge consulting project. I think the point is that you need to get started. You need to put this on the agenda for the management team, and you need to start to dig into this. Then don't be afraid of using external help. Could be for bundling, could be for doing market research, or maybe for a larger project. But... You can never outsource pricing to some external per, uh, parties. Yeah. You have to own it yourself. That's right. What is most crucial to succeed long term? I'm going to steal Leif's line. It's CEO buy-in. Yeah. You know, if the CEO doesn't care about pricing, you're never really going to be a top performer in this area. And if the CEO sees pricing as an element of the commercial strategy, 
then you're going to get the buy-in of the team. Anything else, Lev? Leaving process. Mm. Mm. Not a project. Not a project. Not a project. What would you say are internal obstacles to success that one should watch out for? Uh, my first one is lack of CEO or CFO participation. Um, I'm trying to remember if I've even done work with anybody without the CEO or CFO involved. I know from time to time I've requested that meeting to make sure they're part of the process because if they don't buy in, you know, the recommendations aren't a little spreadsheet with prices. There's something more profound than that and, and you want the team to be able to buy in. I think there are a few things inside out perspective versus outside in. Yes. I think it's very, very easy to become, you know, you think you know everything, but you have really missed to take a, an outside-in perspective. That's where it starts. Of course, there might be some, um, some resistance from different functions. I mean, for instance, sales might need to learn a new pricing model. Uh, I think you can really overcome that for communication, training, and so on. But uh, it's a collaborative uh, process. You need to have the all different stakeholders involved and they need to understand the value, which at the end is the CEO responsibility to actually communicate that and drive that process. Let me ask you this. If there's a company that has, let's call it three products and they're operating in three countries, yeah. would you recommend that they their first step in pricing is just one product in one country or all of it or something in the middle? One product in one company. Okay. Get, Why do you get, think that? To get started. Okay. Mm. I don't disagree, but I can guarantee you the ROI is exponentially higher when you have a, a larger view. I agree. But if that's what it takes to get a step, then you're then I agree with you. Why were you curious about that, Brian? I wanted to lure him into that answer because, <laughs> um, you know, what he what he's saying is interesting. If you don't have CEO support, you really have to start with one product. You have to prove that there's exactly. enough value here exactly. to take the next step. For what I do in my job, I don't want that. I don't want to work with that client um, because it tells me the CEO is not supportive. And so I really want to align myself with companies that are playing to win. So that, that's really how I think about it. I always want to win, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it's also a reality. You need yeah. to have the bandwidth, and there might be a risk that you start a too big project. Yeah, uh, and uh, so you said project <laughs> process. Sorry, <laughs> uh, uh, process. Uh, so. I don't think there is one answer to that. It depends on yeah, the company. I think that's true. But I think we can fully agree on that you need to see your commitment. Yeah. So you already started addressing the other issues and other challenges that might arise once you start crafting a real pri pricing process and a, a way for working with pricing long term. What other kind of situations might you find yourself in and how do you address them? Uh, in what way do you mean? I uh, mean, you focus on pricing yeah. and there will be areas where you need to collaborate with other teams cross-functionally. What are usually some challenges that might arise? I mean, as I said before, um, this is it's, it's not an isolated process. You need, because what you 
very often get into is that you realize that we don't maybe have enough data. We don't know our existing customers that as well as we would like to. We don't know the pricing level for our existing customers. Maybe we haven't worked with them for, for a while. We maybe think that we have a market segmentation, but it's not really in place. We, we think that we, that we know our customers, but that's still from an inside-out perspective. It's not from an outside-in uh, view. So I think, but I've, I think that's the beauty. because mm. It's it, like a looking glass and you start finding is. other things uh, that and are not in place. It's really mm. at the core of your, or your, of your whole business because if you can't sell... I mean, either you have the, the wrong product or it's wrongly priced. Uh, and, but it's still a, a balance that you would like to get out as much as you can. Hey, can I go back to his word process? Because it's been triggering this thought. Um, I have a couple of ideas on, on a starting point of a process. I'd be interested in how you expand on that. But yeah. three ideas to get your process started. Number one, in the CEO executive meeting, have a monthly pricing update. Yep. which means discounting performance, product pricing, win rate, all those kinds of things. Have a once-in-a-quarter board meeting where pricing is a topic so that the board is leaning in uh, to that. And the third one is to put someone in charge of pricing. We, often we would call that the pricing czar, and these might be these roles, but you may have a, a bigger vision of process. No, I think you're right. I fully, fully buy into yep. that. I think that's that's what you should start with. That's where I think maybe that's enough. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, don't overcomplicate it. Again, you need to follow up. You need to put this on the agenda. It's not only management team. It's actually also an owner and a board yeah. uh, topic that is of interest. Because, I mean, the beauty of pricing is that all the effects that you achieve go straight to the bottom line. Yeah. Most software companies have a product roadmap. How many would you say also have a pricing roadmap? I'm not sure I've met more than one or two companies that really do, to mm -hmm. be honest. So it's maybe they've hit a crisis or an inflection point. Mm. Maybe their friend at the golf course made a lot of money on pricing and gives mm -hmm. them an idea. Maybe a, a private equity firm has said, you know, best performing companies do this, um, but they're just not as proactive as I wish they were. And I think that's what Leif's advice is, get out in front of this. Yeah. And how would you structure a pricing roadmap? How do you prioritize and what, what, what's the content of a pricing roadmap? You know, I'd say the, the few things that come to mind, a pricing strategy is a component of the go-to-market strategy. So it's, it's subordinate. Yeah. So the first question is, what's my company strategy, right? What are we different in the marketplace? What are our financial objectives? And below that is the go-to-market strategy. So commercially, are we going after the enterprise or these segments or these geos? And what's our expected customer life cycle? And are we going to grow revenue through product line expansion or deepening the number of users? And pricing becomes a component of that. Are we, we have product superiority and therefore a premium price? Or we are pricing for market share gain, so we're willing to give a little bit in order to accelerate growth. Okay. And all this thing has to fit together into a beautiful engine. Yeah, fully agree. Mm. Um, and any other tips to our listeners from you, Leif, on how to work internally for 
all the teams and all the different competences in the company to work together to really make you every team comfortable and proud of our pricing strategy? I mean, this is not different to any, any other topics or areas that you drive uh, in, in, in your business or in your company, like product development, product roadmaps, product management, sales strategy. Uh, in my view and in my leadership, it's all about teamwork. I, I mean, you need to be a team, you need to work together. Each and every one take their responsibility, but the power is, re is really when you get everyone together, that's when, and the same goes for pricing. Uh, sure. It's not the one-man show. Uh, so, and honestly, everyone should be, at least in the management team, should be aware and interested in this. In the, in the same way as you are interested in what is your next, what is your next product coming out? What is the next? What is our product roadmap or our sales strategy or our expansion uh, strategy? It's not rocket science. Brian, I know you love to advise and you do that really, really well. Um, could you give us some SaaS pricing best practice? Sure. Number one, love recurring revenue and do not love one-time revenue. So company valuations are three to five times higher on recurring revenue. So here's what that means. Your implementation fee or your startup fee Ideally is zero, and a good rule of thumb is never have it higher than one month's worth of ARR. Often that means don't have a profit center on the professional services side. And if you really push your economics evaluation, you really see the company doesn't care much about implementation revenue. Uh, number two, I would say, um, would really do the bundles the right way. And so aligned to, to users and or, or value, excuse me, and, and what you're doing there. Um, what are the other ones? Um, do you want to jump in with some? No, I think you covered most of them. Um, I mean, again, there are some specifics for different industries, for, yeah. for different, uh, different companies and so on, but... Uh, no, I will stop there. Well, actually, I have two more. I, I was mm -hmm. pausing trying mm -hmm. to organize this in my head. So, you know, one of them is don't have a set price list, ideally, unless you're really a B2C company. Ideally, you want a price for different segments, mm. you know, uh, enterprise versus SMB customers or, or different industry verticals. Uh, and the same goes with price increases. You don't want to do this across the board. No. Um, one thing to really think about with pricing is how you upsell your current customer base. A lot of people are a little bit afraid to just go to your trusted existing customers and raise the price a lot. But if you do bundles the right way, maybe you can create the next step in their journey with your company. So more product functionality, some premium services, and so they're opting into something at a much higher price point that gives them a lot more value. Great. One more for you. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of SaaS companies, and this is, I, I blame CFOs, they want nothing but long-term contracts. Yeah. And it's really fear of cancellation and attrition. The reality is, um, if, you're, if you have a good product and a good services team, your renewal rates are really high. So if you give a discount for a two or a three year agreement, 
you just gave the companies the money away and didn't get anything back. So I generally advise to start your thinking with a one-year agreement. That was a lot of good advice. And we're nearing near the end of our mm. our show here. And can I ask you, Leif, to just summarize what we've been talking about um, to our audience? Sure. Uh, I think, as we said, uh, this is not rocket science. Make sure... If you already not have it, put this on your on the agenda. Start discussing this in your management team. Make sure that this becomes something that you are continuously talking about and evaluating. And as always, start small. It's better that you get started, starting to look into this, do some I- initiatives, and then you will step by step see that, all right, we need to know that. We need to do that. We need to put that into a plan. We need to continue uh, continue to work with this, but get started. You can't afford to leave this on, um, not on the table. Thank you so much for joining us today. There's a lot more for you at Montero.com, where there's also an ebook on pricing that you can download. And there's much more in our other podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>